My name is Daryl Temple. I have the extraordinary privilege of um, leading this, path, this church with alongside, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, my wife. Um, today, uh, we get to um, talk about prayer again. I think this is our fourth installment um, on this a series of prayer. And so um, we are privileged to have our very own Dan Donovan uh, bring us the word this morning. Could you put your hand together for Dan? We thought it would be fitting to um, double up on talking about the power of prayer. Again, we've talked about the obstacles to prayer, like you know, the obstacles of living a prayerful life. We've talked about prioritizing prayer. And last Sunday, we talked about the power of prayer. Well, Dan's going to double up on that because there's just so much in the scriptures when it comes to prayer. We could take the whole year, really, if we wanted to, and, and talk about this topic. But before we do, hey, listen, we need the Holy Spirit's help. Would you agree? You know, you didn't just come here to hear words and Dan hasn't just come here to speak words. We really need the power of the Holy Spirit to break in and bring life, right? Transformational life to the words that we preach and speak. And so let's look to heaven right now. Father, we, we again, we look to you, Lord. We look to the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to come upon our uh, precious friend Dan, Lord, that you would make every word weighty, God, with revelation, God. Not because of him, but because of the Holy Spirit. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we ask, Lord, that the Spirit would also open our ears to hear and sensitize our hearts to receive the word of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Friends, um, Dan Donovan, it's all yours. All right. Good morning, everybody. So I was asked to speak uh, last week on, on the power of prayer, right, which is pretty awesome. And I thought to myself, power of, of prayer, is this, which, which direction am I, am I going to go? And of course, the most important thing that I, that I did was, Lord, what do you want to do? Right? You don't need to hear from me. You don't need to hear from anybody other than God himself. So hopefully today... He will convey what he wants to convey through me. So my message is the power of prayer, the key to everything. All right, I'm going to say it one more time. The power of prayer, the key to everything. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say that. Power of prayer, the key to everything. Okay, so I want to, I want to ask some questions. I have some questions for you to consider. And of course, I ask myself these, these same questions. So question number one is, have you ever wondered, okay, why are you, why are you not living the overcoming, victorious, spirit-filled, supernatural life? Maybe some of you are. Amen. It's awesome. Have you ever wondered why? Have you ever asked yourself, why am I stuck in this particular sin pattern? Why can't I get free from this, Lord? What is going on in my life? Have you ever asked yourself, why is it that my walk is so up one day and down the next day? I'm on fire one week, and then the next week, I don't know what's happening. I don't even know if I'm a Christian anymore. Right? We've all asked ourselves probably these questions. We've all had those ups and downs. We've all had those struggles of sin and sin patterns, right? It, all of us, including myself, much of it. But it's time for us to stop 
barely surviving, right? God doesn't want us to barely survive. He doesn't want us just to get through. He doesn't want us just to, you know, be up one day, down the other, be, be moved every moment by our circumstances and our storms and the things that happen, right? He wants us to rise above it and live supernatural, okay? So I have two statements that I want you to consider. Again, this, this is my opinion. All right, you can take it or leave it. Statement number one, my everyday Christian walk of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is directly related to how much time I spend in prayer. Right? My everyday Christian walk, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, that's the kingdom. Right? That's what it says in Romans 14, 17. The kingdom's not about eating and drinking. It's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. Right? It's right relationship with God. It's right relationship with each other. All right? It's, it's peace in the midst of storms, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of heaviness. Right? My, my, my wife and I are going through it this week. We've been going through it for a, a couple weeks now in, in a lot of areas, but you know what? God's good. And I have peace through it all, okay? Because of prayer. Statement number two, the amount of time I'm spending in direct connection with the world's greatest power source is determining my attitude, which is determining my actions, which is determining the quality of my life. Right? He's the source. He's the greatest power source there is. How much time am I spending? And I'm asking myself the same question, right? Because I am certainly not spending enough. There's no way. There's no way, right? In direct connection. John 10, 10, right? The thief comes to only kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, that, you may come to, that we may have life to, to, to uh, an abundant life, to have a satisfied life. That, that's why he came. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, if you want to put that up. I'm kinda, I, I gave them a lot of scriptures, and I said, eh, I might use this, I might use that. We'll see. Do you, not, do you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and is, was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, okay? So if the Holy Spirit dwells in us, if you're a believer, if you're a born-again believer, you believe that Jesus Christ is the incarnate Son of God. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross, right, for our sins, he was resurrected from the dead, is now seated at the right hand of the Father. If that's you, right, it's certainly me, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He lives in us. So we have constant connection 24-7, 365 days a year. We have constant connection. A.B. Simpson, he's the founder of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, said, prayer is the link that connects us with God. Billy Sunday, I came across this, and I'm, I'm, I'm a coach, I'm an athlete, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a phys ed teacher at a high school, so this kind of resonated with me, because Billy Sunday was someone back in the 1800s who was a uh, professional baseball player, and then, then he was an American evangelist. He said, if you are a stranger to prayer, you are a stranger to the greatest source of power known to human beings. 
okay? And this, this really connected with me, I would say over, over the past kind of two months, I've been thinking about the sovereignty of God, right? The supreme being of God. He's the greatest source of power, right? Why are we not tapping into this at a consistent, regular basis, day in and day out? I know there was many times in my life where I certainly wasn't doing that, right? Storms would come, struggles would come. I tried to figure out how I'm going to fix it. What am I going to do with this? What, how can I make it happen? Instead of going to him who knows everything. So I, I believe that prayer shows us that we have a total dependence upon God. When we go to him in prayer, we are, we are saying, I can't do this. I don't have this. I completely trust you. I'm fully dependent upon you. I believe, God, that you can do all things. I'm not putting my trust in my own ability. I'm not putting my trust in my own resources, my own intellect, okay, my own strength. And believe me, many times I have. Many times I have. But I'm saying, God, I need the power of God in everything in my life. It's funny, we're, we're, we're singing a lot of these songs and they're awesome songs, but I want you to think about this. What part of your life have you not invited God into? He knows everything, but we shut him out. There's places, I guarantee it, probably in my heart as well, and in your heart that you have locked up. He's not touching it. He wants to get into that place. So the power of his spirit can take over and do what only he can do to set us free, right? But we have to let him in. We have to let him in. So again, I said I'm a coach. I do a lot of uh, weight training with athletes. So one of, one of the most important things you can do as, as an athlete is, is build muscle, right? I'm gonna read you this quick statement. The most significant factor in athletic performance besides your conditioning is to put on muscle mass. Every pound of muscle mass allows you for greater capacity in speed, power, endurance, skills, and structural in integrity. Right? If you're an athlete and you're not lifting weights, you're never going to reach your potential. It's not going to happen. You're at more risk of getting hurt. You're not going to be able to perform your best. Okay? And I fight with high school kids. You've got you to get into the weight room. You've got to get stronger. Right? It's important. The most significant factor in living the spirit-filled life full of strength, power, and righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost, it's prayer. It's prayer. Now, for me, prayer is in everything. And, and let, me, let me tell you what, what I'm talking about. I don't believe that prayer is just when I get alone with God and I petition him for a need that I have, I find that prayer is involved in our worship. Prayer is involved in our reading of the word. Prayer is involved when we're listening to God. Prayer is involved when we're praising him, right? Which is why the Bible says pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Well, how can we do that? He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't possible. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We are always connected to the power source. 
so we can always, always lift the name of Christ up, right? I walk through my hallways, Jesus, this place belongs to you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. You rule and reign in my school. You rule and reign in my life. I'm constantly just trying to praise him and think about him, right? Because when our minds are set on things above, when they're set on Christ, everything else becomes so much easier, so much easier. Prayer, the key to everything. It'll free you from your sin, as I just told you, and your sin patterns, fear, anxiety, addictions, whatever your issue is. I don't know what it is. I don't need to know what it is, right? God will overcome it with you in prayer, with you connected to him, all right? It's going to expose strongholds. When I say strongholds, I'm talking about lies that we have believed about ourselves, Right? All of us have lives that we have lies that we have believed because of our life experiences. Because of things that happen to us, things that we open the door to, right? They're just patterns of thinking that go contrary to the word of God. And God wants to expose them. He wants to break them. I believe prayer is the key. It's where you renew your mind. It's where you hear from God. It's where you get direction from, from God. Okay? John, John 15, verse 5. We're, we're all very familiar with John 15, right? He is the vine. We are the branches. We need to remain in him so he remains in us. Okay? Apart from him, we can do nothing. Think about that for a moment. Is that really true? Apart from God, can, 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 I, can I do nothing? I can make a lot of things happen in my own strength. I can make a lot of things happen with my own resources. I can make a lot of things happen with my own wisdom. I've done it many times, right? But what, what, what is he talking about? It, if it's not from him, it's not in him, it's fruitless. It's, it's useless. It's not going to have lasting fruit. So prayer is another way that we remain connected. We remain in him, okay? Remember, he's telling us to remain in him. So you have to do something. You have to do something. You have to make a choice and exercise your will to stay connected. However that, whatever that looks like for you. Whatever that looks, looks like for you, okay? So to come back around, it brought me to, to the sovereignty and the supremeness of God. He's in control. So let's take a look at Colossians 1, verse 16 to 18. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified Version. Colossians 1, 16 to 18. I actually had, had a student of mine that I had in class last year, this, 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 this young lady, and I was... Uh, I was praying, you know, and going, Lord, there's got to be another Christian in this school. There's got to be, I, I work at a public school and a lot goes on there. And there's got to be someone here. You have to show me, Lord. And then one day I looked over, there's this young lady with her Bible open. Bingo. Thank you, Lord. So, and she's in my class. She's in my class. So I, I, I connected with her and, and uh, I talked to her actually this year. She came up and shared a little story in class. They were kind of bashing the sovereignty of God. And kind of making fun of it. And she said, I, I, I can't do that. So she wrote a poem 
all about the sovereignty of God. And it just started to get me to think, wow, sovereignty of Lord. What, do we, what does that mean? This led me to Colossians. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth. All things. Everything. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him. That is by his activity and for him. And he himself existed and is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. When I heard that, vo that verse, when I read that verse that all things hold together, it just blew me away. And I love the Amplified. It says, he is the controlling cohesive force of the universe. There's nothing he doesn't know. Without him, this universe falls apart. It's not here. He is the key to everything. He is also the head, the life source and leader of the body of the body, of the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that he himself will occupy the first place. He will stand supreme and preeminent in everything. It's just so powerful, guys. We, sometimes I think, you know, we don't, we don't believe this. I can't tell you that, that I, I believe this my whole life. I certainly didn't. When you get a hold of who God is, how powerful he is, it's going to change your life. It changed my life. But the Holy Spirit has to give you the revelation, right? We can't make that happen. He has to give you the revelation. So let's turn to Colossians 2, verse 10. Colossians 2. This is also the amplified version because I think it spells it out so well. And in him, you have been made complete, achieving spiritual stature through Christ. And he is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. Do you understand that he has power over everything? We're talking about demons. They're just, they're just falling angels. It's all they were, right? You can study that out. Satan, Satan, uh, fell. He was the first one that, that sinned, right? Lucifer, it was Lucifer at the time. And the spirit of pride rose up in him and he fell and he took a third of the angels with him. Right? He rules over everything. Everything. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Right? So we get to start understanding his authority. Then you can understand the authority that you have in your own life. If you don't understand God's authority and who he really is, you cannot understand who you are. You can't. It's impossible. You have to first know whose you are before you know who you are. And let me tell you something. I lived a life where I had no clue who I was. I had no, I had no, no, no clue. All right. Next thing God led me to is kind of, when I think about prayer, prayer is a way of showing your humility, right? It says that we're, we're, we're humble. We are lowering ourselves because we need him. Let's look at James 4, verse 6. James 4, verse 6. But he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit, this is the amplified version, to defy sin, 
right? You have the power in you to defy sin, just like I do. It's in you, okay? It's in you. And live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turns away from self-righteousness. Let me tell you something. One of the biggest, I think, issues that we have is our, is our pride, right? And, and pride rears itself in, 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 in strange places. The moment you try to do something in your own strength, pride, we're not talking about all, you know, oh, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing drugs, all right? I'm, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. That's, that stuff's really, it is something, but it's really no big deal. It, but God wants to get at our heart, right? He wants to cleanse us from the inside out. I challenge you this week. Ask God to show you areas where you're operating in pride. He showed me. I had a lot of stuff. I had to go, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, Lord, forgive me for that. And, and, and it's a constant battle. Dealing with pride is a constant battle because it's going to rear itself, rear its head, especially when things start moving in your life and you start doing things and things are going well. It's really quick. It's really easy to go, wow, look what, look what I've done, right? We have to give God the glory. James, 8, James 4, 8 through 10. James 4, 8 through 10. Let's take a look at that. Come close to God with a contrite heart and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin. Let your foolish laughter be turned to mourning and let your reckless joy to gloom. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and in insignificance in the presence of the Lord. And he will do what? He will exalt you. He will lift you up and he will give you purpose. Again, guys, I, some of these things, we can't make it happen. You have to be honest with yourself where you're at. What sin is in your life and where are you at with that sin, with that struggle? There was a time in my life where I was living in sin. I was seeking out sin. I enjoyed the sin I was living in. I'm not gonna get free from that. Okay, I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony later, but it wasn't until I had to humble myself and get honest before God and say, hey, I like this, Lord, but I'm willing for you to help me to hate this. All right. We always hear about the pleasure of sin, but we, we always forget the next thing that goes on, which sin leads to death. Right. And every time we fall in an area, we get more and more entrapped, more and more entrapped. We become a slave to that, right? 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available regardless of the situation. Isn't that awesome? His grace is always here. Doesn't matter what you did, how far gone you think you are, descent, it doesn't matter. He is waiting for you. He died on the cross for you. He knows your sin. He knows my sin, right? His grace is sufficient, regardless of the situation. And my power is being perfected and completed and shows its, 
shows itself most effect effectively in your weakness, right? Because so we need to humble ourselves, confess our weakness. I can't get free from this. I'm struggling here. God will show up. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So that the power of Christ may be complete and enfold me and dwell in me, right? It's in our weakness. We have to thank God for our weakness. Thank God for our weakness. Another way of showing that uh, you're humble, this is a topic that most people don't like to hear. I know I, hate, I, I cringed at this topic is fasting. How many of you love fasting? Yeah, 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 yeah. Liar, right? Yeah, yeah, right? There's just no way. <laughs> fasting humbles you. It humbles your soul. Okay? It humbles your soul. Fasting is like this. You will get to a certain level with prayer, which is powerful and life-changing, but there's a whole nother realm that you'll access with prayer and fasting. Right? I learned that from Derek Prince. It was awesome. If you ever read the book Shaping History through, through prayer and fasting, it's, it's pretty cool. All right? So prayer is powerful, but coupling it with fasting will bring you to a whole nother level. And you got to ask yourself, what do I believe about fasting? There was a point in my life where I made an inner vow that I would never fast. Now, again, I used to be, I, I, wrestled, I wrestled, that was my sport. In wrestling, you have to make a weight class. So in high school and in college, I used to have to cut a lot of weight. I had to lose a lot of weight. And, I, and many times I did it wrong, right? I wouldn't eat for two, three days or drink anything and work out, right? That's some discipline. Some craziness is what it is, right? So I said to myself, I am never going to, withhold food from myself again. It's not happening. But God had to show me that, and I had to repent of that, right? And invite him into that so that I can understand that fasting is going to help me. And I'll share some stories in a, in a little while, very soon about, about that. So power of prayer, the key to everything. I want to just share a few testimonies with you to encourage you. Many of you uh, know, know my life and my, my, my wife and I's story. Um, coming back to Hilltop, it's been almost two years. We were, I'm not going to give every detail, but we were seeking the Lord together for about 10 years. That's when we first met, doing everything we knew how to do, living, living a, a life of, uh, that was right. And in the midst of those 10 years, I had a lot of struggle with anger. I had, I had a mouth that was, that was not good. And I would go from zero to a million in a nanosecond. I was praying. I was reading books. I was going to conferences. I was doing everything that I knew how to do, but I, just, I, I couldn't get free from it. I had, I had moments, up and down, right? I, I was the up and down, right? Doing well, doing great. Then all of a sudden, things, things were, not, were not good. Um, and then we went into a season where we, we left the church and we walked away. I didn't walk away from God, but I, I walked away from the lifestyle. We were just like, tired. We were, we were kind of done with 
the lifestyle of, of the church that we were at and how it was functioning. Then we spent about 15 years just pursuing our own thing, and that's when we invited a lot of bad stuff into our life, right? We were completely ensnared, completely entrapped with, with a lot of different sin, okay? Now, interesting enough, when, when, when we kind of walked away, I feel like the enemy took his hands off us a little bit. And we kind of had about 15 years where things looked on the surface like they were going pretty good. We bought a brand new home with a large sum of money that someone had given to us. We had a beautiful piece of property with almost three acres, right? I wasn't getting as angry anymore. That's when we started. We were, we were raising our, our two boys at the time. And, you know, things, things seemed to be going well. And then slowly... A little at a time, we got ourselves into more and more trouble, right? Until we got to the point where we were, we were, we, we, we were drowning. We were in trouble. We had to sell the house. My wife was deathly ill with Lyme disease. Um, we were at the, kind of at the end. So we ended up moving to uh, another state. We bought a, we bought a, a new home with, actually with, with Karen's parents. And uh, still still living that lifestyle until finally my wife got to the end of herself. She said, I, I can't do this anymore. She, she was in bed just constantly, constant headaches, achy, achy joints, couldn't work, um, just was down and out, okay? I'll let her share her testimony another, another day. There's a whole other side to that. But basically, she went to a two-hour appointment, right? And really, what was that appointment? It was a time of prayer, Right? So when, we, when I say some things, don't get stuck in, well, I, I need a two-hour ministry appointment. I got to go to a retreat. No, you, you need Jesus and you need prayer. Okay? So my wife humbled herself and God showed up and healed her. Completely healed of Lyme disease. And the funny thing is, what God dealt with, dealt with in her life wasn't even related to Lyme disease. It was related to other areas of, of woundedness and unforgiveness and unresolved issues that it was interesting because God, God said to her, are you, are you willing to, to go there? Are you willing to open this door that I want to I open and show you? That led to, to me coming to Hilltop, right? I didn't want to go to Hilltop. She said, I'm going to church. With, with, or, with or without you, I said, okay, I'll go. I didn't want to go. I can't even tell you what worship was like. I probably was like, I don't even know what I was thinking. Uh, it, it was not in a good place. Pastor Bethany spoke an unbelievable word about having your oil lamps full, right? Mine was not full. I decided to, to do this thing called church again. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up in the morning. I'm going to fast. Now, I didn't fast food. I fasted TV. Okay, because I was watching a lot of junk and I was just consuming my, my life. And I, so I got up in the morning, five, five o'clock in the morning, and the rest is history. God, God showed up in my life in the most powerful way. I, I, I can't even describe it to people. I can't describe it. He showed up in my living room and he hit me first with true repentance and godly sorrow for my sin. And I was just weeping and weeping day in and day out. And I kept weeping and I said, I will, Lord, 
I will cry if you want me to cry. I will do whatever it is that, that you want me to do. I didn't know what was going on. And the fight for my freedom began. It was a fight. God did for me what I couldn't do for myself, but I, he's not going to do for me what I can do. Okay? So I couldn't get free from anger. He delivered me. He changed me. I don't know what he did. He reached down inside and, and delivered me. I couldn't get free from a lot of sexual brokenness. He reached in and he, and he delivered me. But I had to fight along the way. And I had to learn to tear down every thought that was not from him. I had to learn to break every agreement that I had with the enemy and walk it out day in and, and day out. Connecting with God, guys. I, I, I connect with God every day as much as I can 24-7. I don't try to separate. Oh, this is my, this is my prayer time. I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock. From 5 to 5.30, I pray, and then I don't talk to God again. I'm constantly thinking of him all day long. Right? Obviously, there's, there's times when you can't. Right? Your job, certain things, you, you, you can't do it, but you're always just aware. Okay? Prayer, prayer works, guys. If you can get into the presence of God and invite him into your brokenness, he will show up. I will guarantee it. I guarantee it. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know what he's going to do in you, how he's going to do it, what it's going to look like, because it doesn't have to look like he did with me. He's, he's going to do whatever he wants. He's sovereign. But if you are persistent and you give him your brokenness, invite him into your pain and your hurt, he will show up. My last kind of testimony here um, is, was, was pretty amazing. He's talking about prayer. I have, my, I have my son Jacob here sitting with, sitting with, with my wife, and this is kind of his story. I think one day he'll probably be up here and he'll share, he'll share with you the details of, of this unbelievable story, but it kind of just really solidifies this power of prayer. So Jacob was struggling. He was away at college, right? He was doing his college thing, living, living the college life. Uh, but he, 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 he couldn't take it academically. He was struggling with a lot of addictions, a lot of areas, um, struggling with depression. His mind was just tormented all the time. He had to quit school. So he showed up at our house one day and just kind of shared everything with us about what was going on. And my wife and I just kind of listened. We, 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 we didn't judge him. We just, we just listened. And we just loved him. And then we went to war. We started praying. We started praying. Because prayer can change anything. And we witnessed the transforming power of God right before our eyes in his life. It didn't happen right away. But we started praying, God, he is, he is yours. He belongs to you. We dedicated him as a child. Darkness is done in his life. Enemy, you cannot have him. You can't have them. We started praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. 
And then uh, an opportunity came for us to go to Oklahoma to, on, a, on a missions trip to, to um, if, you know, if you know Dr. Nigel Big, Big Pond, he's a Native American, Muscogee Nation, so we had a chance to go. And my wife got this kind of premonition, I guess, so to speak, or, hey, I think the boys should go with us. I have a younger son, Will, and I was like, uh, uh, younger son as well. I'm thinking to myself, what? Jacob and Taylor are going to go with us on a missions trip. They're not living for Christ. I don't even know if they know him. So I just said, okay. So we, we prayed, and then uh, we asked if they wanted to go. They both said yes, which was a miracle in itself. Hey, you want to go on a missions trip? We're going to Oklahoma. It's going to be 110 degrees. We're going to work like animals and share the gospel. I don't know. But... They, they, they said yes. So while we, while we were there, and they were extremely helpful, of course, we watched God slowly get a hold of his life. God started to speak to him. God started to, to expose things in his life. We watched him answer altar call. I mean, we, I was just, we were just crying the whole time we, we, we were there because it was just so powerful. Watching our sons answer altar calls. I know you, that seems like trivial, but he never did that. I, I didn't even know he even knew who Jesus was. We, remember, we weren't living great for 15 years when, when they were little, right? I would pray with them a little bit here and there, but we, were, we weren't doing what we were supposed to do. I watched him answer altar calls. We watched, we watched him and his brother get baptized. We watched, we watched mindsets change. He got a prophetic word, which was unbelievable, about how God was going to take him um, from Jacob to Israel, right, in the Bible. He would be unrecognizable. He's unrecognizable. He's unrecognizable. Is he perfect? Are we perfect? Nope. No. But when God comes into your situation and you humble yourself and you reach out to him, he will move. He will move. It's not, it's, it's not if, it's when. He is going to do it. He's never early. He's never late. Okay, so if you're struggling and you've been trapped in something for many years, be encouraged. Right? Be encouraged. Anger for, it, this sounds exaggerated, but I can remember my childhood, it was not good, and I had issues since I was a little boy. And it wasn't until age 50, I'm 51 by the way, that, that he set me free of it. I, I can't tell you why it happened that way. I have no idea. I can't tell you what's gonna happen to you, how it's gonna happen, but he is faithful. He will do what his book says he will do. His promises are yes and amen. You have to stand on them. But what I need you to do is, in the midst of you standing on the word of God and the truth, you need to say, Lord, what is it that is the root of this issue? This is key, guys. You have to ask him. If you're struggling with what, whatever, if you're struggling with, with any kind of sin at all, you have to say, Lord, what is the root? What is the open door? Where did this come in? The Holy Spirit would show you, and then you're going to do whatever he shows you to do. Walk through forgiveness, break agreements, okay? Then you will become free. 
I wasn't doing that years ago. I was just putting scripture on it because that's all I knew how to do. You're a new creation, Dan. Just, you just got to just speak it out. And I am a new creation, and I was a new creation back then. But if you don't get to the root issue, you're not getting free. Unless God reaches his hand, his hand in and just sovereignly delivers you, which he can do that. <laughs> he, he, he can do that. Well, let me tell you something. It's, it's, it's a battle. It's something that you have to do. You have to exercise your will. God invites you. You have to say, I'm submitting my will to Jesus Christ, and I'm going to submit my will to living righteously. And if you're not getting free and you're in a cycle, invite him in. Invite him in. He knows. Someone's prayer is not going to do it for you. You have to say, Lord, what is it? What is it? Final thoughts here, just as, as, as we wrap up. I already alluded to this. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, right? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. If you want to know God's will, it's right there. It's right there. Always be joyful. Let me tell you something. You cannot always be joyful if you're not living a life of prayer. There's no way. You've got to live a life of prayer. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. How many, how many of us can say that? Oh, God, thank you for this trial. Thank you for this storm. Thank you for this test. That's what Paul encourages us to do. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Guys, you have to be alert. You have to be persistent. You have to persevere. You have to do something. You have to get past your feelings. I don't want to pray today. Who cares? Who cares? Those are the days you need to pray the most. You can't be ruled by your feelings. That's where fasting comes in. You're saying, my stomach's not my master. Right? It's not my master. He's my master. Psalm 34.1 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak of his praises. And another translation says, I, I extol you, Lord. I extol you. Enthusiastically praise him. In the midst of your next storm, in the midst of your next struggle, in the midst of your next trial, stop and begin to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. Stop and invite him into whatever's going on in your life. Because guess what? He already ha he has it. He's in control. Nothing happens without him allowing it. Stop asking why certain things are happening. We're not going to know those answers. He's the sovereign Lord. He doesn't have to tell us anything. He doesn't. He doesn't. Okay? Ephesians 6.12. We're all familiar with this. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people. We got to stop fighting against people. We're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers in heavenly places. That's where the fight is. That's where the war is. Lord, I just thank you. You want to have Will come up and play? I'm just going to wait on God for a moment. I want you guys just to close your eyes. We're just going to take a few moments just to get some direction. 
We're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this message. Lord, do what only you can do. God, we are saying we are fully dependent upon you, God. Holy Spirit, show each person in this place, God, what they need to do. What is the next step? Lord, I pray they would invite you into their brokenness. They would invite you into their pain. They would invite you into their disappointments. They would invite you to every area of their life. We just wait on you, Lord. We're going to uh, just open up this altar in a moment. And, and this, is, this is all it's for, guys. If you're someone who wants to invite Christ into every, every part of your life, invite Christ into your brokenness, into your pain. Maybe you've dropped the mantle of prayer, okay? And you want to pick that mantle back up. I'm going to invite you to come up here in a moment and, and, and just... Just kneel before God. I think it's a time of between just kind of you and him. He's going to move in your life. He is moving in your life. I'm going to have my wife come up in a moment. And we're just, we're just going to go by and just lay hands on you. And we're going to ask God to release a new mantle of prayer a new mantle of power, a new mantle of breakthrough in your life. Because what Jesus has taken you through, what he's healed you from, you have authority and power to help others. And we've been through a lot. So if that's you, if you want to pick up that mantle of prayer again, if you have some areas of life of your life that you are holding on to that you haven't let Christ in, if you have a struggle and a sin pattern that you couldn't that you can't get free from, we're gonna ask you to come. And we're gonna believe that the Holy Spirit is gonna impart something to you today. And then we want you to seek him with all of your heart, with all of your soul with all of your strength, holding nothing back in these next weeks, months, years. Hold nothing back.